report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Welcome to the Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast hosted by people who worked on Star Trek The Next Generation every week, and we're re-watching that show that I just mentioned. Uh, my name is Mitch Mells, Chief Consultant Services of Paramount. With me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs, and today we're going to crack down on another episode of Star Trek Next Generation. Isn't that right? That is right. That is right. Um... We should also mention up front that it's Valentine's Day. It is. Yeah, I'm Val- t- Valentine's Day. I'm it's, do- a, it's, a, it's a big deal for a little polycule. I'm going to do this live on the air. Um, will you be my Valentine? Of course, Mitch. Yes. Yes. Good. I'm glad you said that because it would have made returning all these gifts very awkward. So uh, what did you get me? Oh, you know, a couple, couple of candy bars, um, a water pick, and uh, mm. some other things that I uh, I don't think it's fine to say on the air, but needless to say, it was a very productive trip to CVS. <laughs> um, this episode is sponsored by Bad Dragon. Yeah, uh, for all your wanton, degenerate needs, only the baddest can shop at Bad Dragon. That's right. Right, that's right. Um, we so del- we're uh, yeah. Go, oh, go ahead. I was go gonna ahead. say we, we delayed the episode by a day to have it on Valentine's Day to have a Valentine's special. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes, uh, I was actually gonna say just that, and uh, we're recording a little bit early because we got a we got a hot date later. That's right. That's right. We're all um, we're, you know, we prepared earlier. I'm already all lubed up and ready to go, but. Um, mm-hmm. you know, got to bang this one out first, and then, uh, then the night is ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't eaten in about three days, so this uh, this should go well. There's more effective ways to prepare oneself, but I appreciate the dedication. Yeah, I mean, it's valid. It's a, it's it's a special occasion. You know, I, I've always said that the delirium of uh being of starving kind of increases the the sexual feeling one gets Mm -hmm. oh it certainly does yeah yeah it's it's a lot more intense um you kind of pass uh, out in the middle of it wake up again you don't know where you are yeah 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 and and you're so hungry that you know you'll you'll eat just about anything so right that's right um up up to including interesting feeling a massive mildly below average dong mm-hmm. mm. well when white day comes around next month you can return the favor mitch that's right i'm excited to that's uh i'm doing my doing my part on white day wait no i bought you presents today you do your part on white day get out of oh, here oh no what are you doing you trying to scam can't me can't believe i was caught I'm on to you. You do this every year. Oh, well. You son of a bitch. Sometimes it gets you. 
It does. I mean, it's good to they keep me on my toes. Proverbially, um, I'm sitting so, right now. So we got uh, <laughs> we we have um, a an almost appropriate episode for Valentine's Day. Well, it's, 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 there's cer- there's certainly to... romance. Yeah, we're not there yet. You you have disrupted the the decorum of the readier room to do things what? so wildly out of order. We don't get what? to this week's episode before answering the question of the week. Uh have you no respect for tradition? No, I guess not. Well, I know, I know, I know, I know that you don't. And uh, I am a little disappointed, but whatever, I'll get into it. Maybe I'll answer this one by myself. Maybe I don't need you. You know, you clear, mm, you're, mm, you're mm. clearly above questions of the week. You know what? Fine, fine. Yeah, just see, you know, whatever. It's going to be another... Do you want. Just like every year, another fucking Valentine's Day fight, whatever. Jesus Christ, you always do this. I always do what? Call you out for forgetting the question of the week? Yeah, well, it's not that big of a deal, is it? There's people who are very excited to get their questions answered, and those people... And they're more important than me. They're more important than me. Do you subscribe to the Patreon? Is it... Okay, me or them? Do you subscribe to the Patreon? It's, It's our Patreon. Right. So it behooves both of us to keep it going. Don't peg this as a selfish thing. This I'm week's not question. Anyone but you. Yeah, I know. I know, honey. I know. This week's question of the week comes from Mister Green Jeans sixty nine on Twitter, who says, "Yo, admirals, he must be a an urban youth." Yeah. Wow. I wanted to know why Miles O'Brien was chosen as the character to bridge TNG into DS9. It always struck me as an odd choice. Thanks for answering my... See? You see? Thanks for answering my question. And for bringing us the show every week. Now, (coughs) I'm a little... uh, The answer to this one might be somewhat underwhelming, but here we go. Um, We wanted to end TNG, right, on a high note. DS9 was starting around the the latter end of TNG. But because of that, we couldn't really let any of the real cast go. You can't have TNG without Worf or Riker or Patrick Stewart, whatever, right? Or the women, mm. whoever, whoever they are. Right. Right. So we couldn't have a real character go into DS9 because TNG would suffer as a result. So we were sort of sitting around brainstorming, thinking, okay, who is the most replaceable and forgettable member of the extended cast. And it came down to Miles O'Brien or um, that black ensign from where silence has lease who died. And Mm -hmm. his character was already dead. So really it was just Miles O'Brien. And uh, you know, we brought him along. We ran some tests of this. Of course we showed test audiences uh, a few episodes without, Home without Miles O'Brien, and they had no idea who was missing. So, like, yeah, nailed it, got it perfect. Plus, you know, Gene when uh, was Gene somebody might have been Rick. No, in fact, I think this was Rick. It probably um, was Rick. Yeah, when we were concepting the show, Rick really, really wanted you know an Asian on the show, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, O'Brien has his Asian wife, whatever her name is. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. 
Chico. Chico, right? Chico Brian. And um, uh, it's so just yeah, yeah. You kind of killed two birds with one stone there. Exactly. It was a very economic decision. And of course, you know, Combs used to working for Peanuts because he just has zero star power. So it was very cheap as well. <laughs> More like potatoes. <laughs> Imagine an entire country brought to its knees because it doesn't have potatoes. <laughs> right, this, this, uh, I mean, this almost happened in Japan, Mitch. What with the the great potato shortage you can only buy small potato fries that's right that's right only mcdonald's yeah and um japan similarly was uh devastated yeah in the 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 aftershocks of that the the economy just stopped remember when that um that big freighter got turned sideways Is is this the one that dropped all the goku action figures Perhaps it is, but I remember this story about a very unpopular live streamer who had um, a a poop, a feces, kind of go sideways inside of his rectum, very much the same way as that ship, and uh, he needed somebody else to break it up for him, which... Like, go in there and... Yeah, and just kind of, like, finger it in twain, rend it asunder. Wow. Oh, wow, that's nuts. Right. And uh, it's a very similar story to that freighter. The economic impact that the streamers event had on the world was much, much smaller. But uh, Right, right. Similar in theme, if not in scope. This is, uh, this, this is what you get with the readier room nowadays. This is the direction we're heading. And if you don't like it, you can get out. Yeah, that's right. Of the readier room. Uh, uh, a feces podcast. Yeah, we're uh, we're coprophiles. Coprophile, like the guy who who yeah. like sits in that bodysuit in people's septic tanks. Yeah, perhaps the only legitimate coprophile on the internet in the world. Yeah, yeah, he he seems like he's the only one who does it too. It's always him when I see footage of that stuff. Isn't it always the same video? No, I think he's got a few out there. Imagine, you know, you're born, you're a camera, you don't know what you're going to take pictures of, video of, and uh, that's what you end up doing. Yeah. I guess I'm glad I wasn't born a camera. Right. I'm just amazed that that guy's not dead. I know. Like, doesn't it get into, like, because he has, like, holes cut out for his mouth and stuff. In his eyes. Yeah, doesn't that... I don't. I don't. I don't even want to know. Does he submerge his head? I would guess he doesn't. But what if he slips or something? Oh God! What if? What if the plane tilts? <laughs> there's um. There's a very. It's a very evocative picture of like what I imagine this guy. I don't know anything about him, but if you were to ask me what his life probably is, I would say um, successful European businessman making six mm-hmm. figures who's uh single and uses all of his time to explore degeneracy his time and his money yeah i mean that's that's a fair guess i think because he 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 has to pay people to go sit in their septic tanks right so that would be quite the caper otherwise 
to <laughs> break it, break and enter into someone's septic tank. <laughs> Do you think anyone would notice? No, I mean, I don't like. Are you how much? How aware are you are of the septic tanks within your general vicinity? Right, exactly. So it's like someone could just be hanging out in there. You never know. You remember that um, case of that uh, woman who was murdered in a in a hotel, and they found her inside of like the water storage tank. And was, yeah, 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 I'm intimately familiar. Yeah, and I know you're such a true crime guy. But it's no, no, no. Are you more of a fake crime guy? False crime. <laughs> I've, I've just I've, I've I've just taken a particular shine to this case. That's all. All right. Well. Um, Nobody knew she was in a water tank for some amount of time. And uh, right. what they should have done is hit her in a septic tank. Because you want to know what's going to cover yes. the stench of a dead body? A bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow, that's that's a, that's a good point. Wow. Yeah, you got to be really dumb to... But, I mean, they still never caught anyone, so... That's true. That's true. I guess, I guess, I guess they were smart. Eggs on our face. Yeah. Well, good for um, them. It is pretty disgusting that like people were drinking her rotting body, though. Yeah, you know, well, you drink tap water, you get what you paid for. I suppose so. I only drink uh, Fiji. Fiji's good. It comes in that um, rectangular prism bottle. Yeah, it's got that like little mountain picture. Did I ever tell you about the about the time that I ate and drank nothing but tap water for a week? No. Well, this was in in this was back in the day in university. I uh, yeah. I did what I just said, and I had to go to the hospital. <laughs> really? I woke up in the middle of the night with very, very intense and acute pain in uh in my stomach. Huh. And, That's interesting. Yeah, so I had to go to the hospital. I rode in an uh, ambulance for the first and only time in my life. It was exciting. That's so weird, though, because people do water fasts. I mean, yeah, but tap water, I imagine, was the thing. And this was in a university dorm, which uh, probably didn't have the best quality. <laughs> huh. I just, I, I, I can't figure out why. Well, but I mean, like, you, you would. If you were eating normally, you would be drinking tap water and just eating food, right? Or did you not drink the tap water before? No, I didn't drink the tap water before. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So after that, I went and uh, just lived primarily off of microwavable food. Yes, yes. And now, now, and this we have year, Uber Paul, Eats. that's right. And old uh, man Microsoft. It's never been better to to be a helpless degenerate. Yeah, it's true. It's it's really. I mean, it's hard to avoid the temptation to just order food all the time. I dare I, say it's impossible. I don't think I've ever managed to um, say no to one of those urges. You know, it's 11 o'clock at night, you're setting, settling down to sleep, and uh, 10 minutes later, you're just eating 20 chicken nuggets. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta say, though, I, I had, I was telling you off mic, I had, I had the crunchy double from McDonald's. And um, I don't think chicken nuggets do it for me anymore. Can you uh, explain to the audience at home what a what a crunchy double is? 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's a double cheeseburger, and you put nuggets on the bottom of it. Um, you know, put put the bottom part of the sandwich, the bread, on, and uh, you just it's just a burger with chicken nuggets on it. Yeah, it doesn't sound. Uh, oh, good. and and barbecue sauce. You put the barbecue sauce on too. Yeah, I ever tell you it's, it's okay. how how I prefer to eat chicken nuggets. Do you uh do you pick the skin off? Well, I I slowly eat the breading, only the breading, until and you, okay, go keep going until I'm left with you know a white piece of nondescript chicken meat, which I then uh, dunk in whatever my accompanying sauce is. So weird. <laughs> it's it's pure, you know. You get a a more juicy little chicken blob. To the suck one thing I can it. say about that is that. Is that at least uh, you get to you get to spend more time enjoying the food? Well, that's that's a big plus of it too. And uh, whereas you know we've all been there, you don't even bite the chicken nugget; you just kind of drop it in your mouth and let it slow yeah, down. Yeah, just swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do this in public? No, I don't do it in public. Oh, okay, but granted, I don't can't recall the last time I, I ate chicken nuggets in public. Yeah, that is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, and it's like, who's going to get, oh, I'm going to eat fast food at the restaurant? <laughs> like, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you just go to McDonald's with your laptop and... Uh... Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, af- after after a night out, you know, if you've been out all night, that, then, you know, that's that's a good good time to do that. Yeah, to be fair, if that was the case, I would eat them in my traditional style because I would probably be too hungover to give a shit. <laughs> right. Um, or you know, like if if you're preparing to go out, you know, you might hit up McDonald's. I guess seat, shove yeah. some food down your throat. You sit there with the boys, you know. Yeah. Eat some sloppy steaks. Play with your uh your Happy Meal toys. <laughs> Make a very loud noise in in your revelry. <laughs> Go up to the, the the counter and complain that we got duplicates. <laughs> I wanted this toy. Hit on the manager. The mail manager. <laughs> Manages the mails. <laughs> there uh there was there was a commercial. I think I think it was literally just the US Postal Service commercial. And it, it would always begin with uh, this woman saying, this is a story about mail. And my brain is so fried that every time I heard it, I thought she was going to say, this is a story about male privilege. <laughs> you, you need serious help. <laughs> I know. I know. I need, I need to see a therapist. ASAP. ASAP Rocky. Yeah, oh man, come on. Yes. I, oh. All right, let's talk about Star Trek. Oh god, we've we've been together for too long. Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't uh, know you knew who ASAP Rocky was. Because of his stupid ass name. <laughs> Isn't that S like a dollar sign? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> right. What happened to him? Isn't he dead? Oh, god, I got to look it up. Uh, ASAP Rocky. Uh, he's not dead. 
Nor does he have a dollar sign in his name. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. That. No, he does. He does, actually. Okay. Okay. Wikipedia wrote it both ways. Um, but apparently he's with Rihanna as as a partner. So there's wow. that. Do you know that in the partner section of Wikipedia, so in somebody's, like, bio, their little bio box, um, it's, like, their, who's their partner? But it says partner mm. and then S in parentheses. So, very accommodating of polycules like ours. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Is is there any any word just more disgusting than the word partner? Uh, it depends on if a cowboy is using it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate how nondescript it is. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it feels like you're lying to me by omission. Yeah, it does feel like you're up to something, right? You know, it's, right. it's someone's talking to you. It's like, oh, I went out with my partner the other day. And you kind of like, you know, give him a, a shrewd look. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. It, it seriously does. It's it, it bothers the hell out of me. But uh, whatever. I digress. Well, we're but, partners, uh, right? Well, we're life partners. That's different. Right, right, right. It's true. Which is very... It's the opposite. That's very specific. Right. Exactly. Otherwise, it's like, oh, are you um, are you robbing a bank together? Do you do you own a, a bait and tackle shop together? Or are you fucking? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or all three. Right. It could be all three. That's right. So this week's episode of Star Trek is called The Vengeance Factor. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like episode eight or nine, season three. I... Yeah confession i've watched this episode somehow like four times over the past year wow Wow. it's not crazy it's never intentional and i can tell you exactly how this happens um one it's in season three and whenever i want to watch an episode of tng for fun generally it's going to be from season three two the title is not exactly um it's not very exact you know i'll you could fit that onto many stories. So I'm not exactly sure what episode it is when I see the title. And the preview image of, on Netflix is just Riker sitting in a chair. So that also doesn't help <laughs> me. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> the vengeance factor. What's this? And I start it up and I get like five minutes into it. And I'm like, oh, it's this one. Right. You must be sick of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> um, I... I Putting that aside, like, not just that I'm tired of it, but I also don't think that this episode is all that strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of, like, old fat people shouting at each other. Yeah, uh, and not very well directed in terms of the actors. It, it, it oh, feels no. like they were all kind of given this weird direction to go and and it doesn't work it's it's really really cheesy in like a bad way yeah both from the guest actors and the the main cast yeah yeah and um it's got it's this episode has a cool plot of you know like the 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 aid to the the ruler is secretly killing people right i like that i wish there was less dramatic irony i wish we didn't know that immediately i wish there was a little mystery to this yeah, because Riker figures it out. The whole, most of the episode rather, is uh, characters trying to solve this little mystery. 
Right. And you're just sitting there like, all right, it's Utah. Yeah, well, when are they going to figure it out? And uh, yeah, and other than that, it's it's people sitting down um, and talking at each other. Um, people we don't know. The, right. The the um, the meetings between uh, what's Maruk? her name, Mar- Maruk, and and um, you know the scavengers, the gatherers, the gatherers. Um, they're so superficial and sophomoric in their dialogue that it's just it's so boring. It is. It like, is. This, this is not how negotiations ever go. <laughs> and and the the funniest thing to me is that like near the end when you had Maruk and um, Chorgan, I think his name was. Yeah. Um, and you know one of them would start freaking out and stand up and bash their fists on the table, and and literally it was always just saw like like three times it was solved by Picard, like calmly looking at Maruk and saying. Well, why don't you try to rethink this? And then she says, "You're right, Captain." Well, they note in dialogue that he's very persuasive. That's the thing, yeah. And it's like it's like they couldn't find an actual way to make Picard a good negotiator. At least not this time. And he he has been a good negotiator before, right? And he only ever consoles the one side. He never has to talk down right. Shorgan. right? Um. Going back to the dramatic irony thing, I just want to point out that it's never used in a way that actually creates tension. For example, mm-hmm. if if you know that Yuta's the killer, having her like hovering around Chorgan and you know stops incidentally yeah. at the last second, um, where you you might be like, oh, whoa, she's gonna touch him. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, just nothing happens and. Uh, this is all in service of one scene where she kills one old guy in a very not visually interesting way. No, yeah, 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 pretty much. And you know, this is one of those things that um, you you expect her killing this guy to set off some kind of greater conflict where the gatherers feel betrayed or something. You know, they're suspicious of of uh, Maruk's people or something, or the Federation or something like that. But everyone's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, let me get his stuff. <laughs> I want to. Po- I don't know. I want to point out that um, the the method of murder of like her touching someone and then just dying was mm-hmm. was more of a result of a, a scaled back special effects budget than anything else. Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously you see that, and it's it's just very. It's an economic decision. It's like, oh, we can't right. have somebody injured or some special effects for some kind of, you know, beam or gas or whatever. Um, just touch him. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's how television's made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um. So, not really much to do here, but to to just go right through the episode i think there's not really a a whole lot of uh (laughs) there's no moral question really there's nothing deeper no Uh, at least i don't think there is but we'll we'll find out i guess so um the episode opens they did they get like a distress call or something i think they just instantly beam into the location presumably because there's a distress call that there's it doesn't show the enterprise receiving it um right right 
So they beam into this space station that's very, very green lit. Very green. Yeah. We we used our green budget for the season on this on this one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. when you look at how green it is, it's it's pretty worth it. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I, I think I think there were some later episodes of the season that would have benefited from some more green. Mm. Um, so it's a shame that that you know we we kind of went overboard here, but it's not the end of the world. And I, I think it it kind of gave us a nice effect. Yeah, and it led to that triumphant return of green in season four once. Uh, you know, we we, yeah. we stocked the budget. Yeah, we got lots of mail about that. Yeah, actually. So you know, you you, you leave people wanting for a while and kind of kind of hypes them up. You know. Mm-hmm. Now it's the same studio, by the way. Um, this was this wouldn't be for like another decade, so it's just an incidental anecdote. But I remember how they like kind of really held back. They budgeted the green that they would give to people in effort. Uh, to produce the green mile, which needed a mm, ton mm. of green. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the green economy at the time was a little wacky. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, so, but this scene itself. Um, what did they even do? They go and they rescue some people who are. Oh, yeah, they were, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they were attacked by raiders, the gatherers. The gatherers, yeah, and and this kind of gets glossed over. You never see these character, scare quotes characters again. These two bodies, um, yeah, you know they 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 find blood that's not human, right? On right. on the ship, Crusher finds blood that's not human. Um, also have to say, Crusher is looking pretty fine this episode. Oh yeah, um, she doesn't play a central is, role, but she's uh she's good. It's it's incredible how much more attractive she is than than uh, marina um just how 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 much more shapely her body is like everything i think a lot of it has to do with height yeah yeah i think so too and uh um, crusher just has more to work with yeah but they so, there's a moment in this scene oh, uh where they're trapped behind a door and Riker sends Worf to open it instead of Data. And I'm like, are we just trying to make Worf feel wanted? Yeah, that was weird. Oh, he's super strong, um, kinda. <laughs> like even Data's stronger than him. Like, like Data would have so many options. He could like interface like R two D two or something. <laughs> he walks up. Yeah. <laughs> He can, he can do that that really fast moving hands thing that he did in season one. <laughs> that really cool effect. Um, he can lift up something as if it's just made of styrofoam. Right, right. <laughs> Curiously, making it look like it's made of styrofoam in the process. So, yeah. So, so they bring these these two feder. I think I think they're federation people. Yes. Um, they bring them to the the. I can't talk today. We do a podcast. I, I, I was like, they, I was like they, they bring them to the safe room, to the medical bay, the med deck, the med med bay. Yeah, okay, yeah. They bring them there, and then, um, and then it's it's kind of like almost a like they they figure out that it's the gatherers, right? Yeah, the blood pretty quickly. The blood is Akamarian blood. Yeah. So yeah. So. 
it, it cuts pretty jarringly, right? To to Picard meeting with Maruk. Yeah, that is weird. I, I didn't really notice that, but it's basically, oh, this is the work of the gatherers. Smash cut Picard's meeting with the Akamarian leader. <laughs> These aliens we've never been introduced to. Um, just, yeah, you know, we know him, I guess. It's like, is, and, it, uh, is this an Akamarian or is this just a human with blue shit on its face? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's another thing. We're very, uh, very uninspired design, but I guess you needed to keep them kind of human looking for this episode to work in terms of Riker, unless, you know, you know. I mean, um, has there ever been, like, overtly alien romance? There has to have been. Like, not just someone with green skin, but, you know, well, like... I mean, there's Worf. Worf hadn't had a romance up till that point yet. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant, like, in general, like, even after this. Well, I know after this, you know, Worf and... Uh, I was going to say Marina Sirtis, Worf and Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Marina Sirtis has, has some kind of weird parasocial relationship with Worf, the character. <laughs> the makeup um, stays on. Yeah, yeah so, so it's at this point that um, we, we learn two things. Um, the first is that uh, Nancy, who who is uh, playing the part of Maruk is terrible at it. Um, to, to be honest, and... she's bad, but she didn't even register as like one of the bottom three performances in this episode to me. Really? Really? Yeah. Because yeah. she's she's not even, a lot of people know that she's not even an actress. Right. Which uh, you can't, you can only fault so much, but I, when, her only job is really to yell. And, and she yelled... <laughs> no, I, I, I was um, thoroughly dismayed to find that she was not just like a, a one and done scene character, mm. and that uh, like the second she walked onto the bridge, I was like, oh, that's right, she's I, in this entire episode. We should have gone with the original plan to hire an actress. We should have. We should have. We planned to, and um, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was a it's union those... thing. One of those things that happens in the production of, of TV shows, you know? Right. Sometimes you, you plan to hire actresses, and you just end up not. Sometimes you hire a lunch lady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... so God. they not- She doesn't want to... Uh, she doesn't want peace with the gatherers or whatever, right? Right, because they're savages. And then Picard's like, but what if we made peace? And she said, yeah. hmm. hmm, what if, what if we made peace? And that was right. It. Right. Yeah. Just talking about this episode makes me want to kill myself. It's very, um, very boring too. It's so bad. I think that's, I think that's half the reason I can't talk today. I'm just like, I'm so uninterested in it. Yeah. Watching it was, imagine watching this episode like four fucking times. Um, <laughs> I I get ten minutes in. It's like, well, I've already started eating. I can't just change the episode, so I guess right. I'm here now. You got stuff all over your hands, right? It's like, well, can't touch well, the controller. Why do I always eat buffalo wings when I'm watching Trek? I can't do anything. <laughs> it's a nice combination. Yeah, maybe in the Trek future, buffaloes have wings. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. 
Um, but they go and meet the gatherers first with a uh, a shootout. No, not yet, not yet though, because because don't don't we have those scenes with because uh, they have to go to the system right, and then like in between that we have that scene with Yuta, Yuta, Yuta. And Riker and and Maruk and in her room. Oh, you're right. You're right. This is where we get introduced to more bad performances. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, of course, when Riker's around, you know, he has to try to fuck her. I I found that to be very jarring. Um, it was very weird. Riker goes in presumably on some official duty to make sure everybody's fine in there, um, as a diplomat or officer or whatever. And he's like, "Oh, look at this biddy. What if I? What if I just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hit on her. <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, she she responds like um, like like one of those cool silent anime characters. She, she doesn't smile. She she reciprocates none of his affection at all. I, I believe the term uh, would at be, least at this point would be cool beauty. Cool beauty. Cool beauty." Is that what they say? Is that what they say in Japan? It's what they say. It's what they say in Japan. No, that, that's what they say. That's that's what they say. Now, yeah, so um, turns out that Yuta, we got to talk about the food. Yeah, it's because she's the aide, the cook, and the royal taster. Which um, <laughs> I think I've said this before on the podcast, but that is a job I would love to have. <laughs> <laughs> Where, why well i mean think about it you just taste things i could do that i'm very good at tasting why you, things why do you think they're tasting things just to you know <laughs> get a little skim off the top just to preview it <laughs> <laughs> no i no. i would definitely not want to have that job because i you know you could just die at any moment yeah that's 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 upside i guess so um, but it seems it seems like it would be a slow death like poisoning, yeah. Well, I mean, if Trek is anything to be believed, you kind of just like gasp out, grab your throat, and then keel over. Maybe it works differently in Trek. Maybe they've refined uh, poisons, nondescript poisons, fast acting, fast acting to Nacken. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> freaks. Uh, he's like, "Oh, you're a chef. What do you, what do you like to cook?" And she's like, I don't like to cook anything. I don't like anything. I'm just, a, <laughs> I'm just the thing. He's like, oh, there's got to be something that you like to cook. Right, right, right. He's he's not phased at all. He's he's talking to her like he would talk to any other woman on this show. This is uh, this is Riker's game in action. You know, he he hits up yeah. a random woman. She's like, oh, I'm not interested. He's like, oh, come on, baby. He just he just keeps going. Right. He keeps going. It's so funny. Um, I don't know. It's like in this situation, you'd expect him to like change up his strategy at least a little bit, but he doesn't. Right. I, I, it's it's so weird. What's your opinion on Riker's game? Do you think that he uh, is um? I don't even know how to put it. Do you, do you think that he's he's capable? He's an alpha guy. Well, I'm gonna have to black pill you here. Okay. Mitch. Please. Um, it's all about, it's all about height, face, and frame. Frame. And if if you frame. Freaks. You have those three things, freight. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's all. Uh, all thanks to all thanks to his name. Um, 
I mean, I don't if know. If you have those three things, you can do anything and get away with it. I don't know how much of a black pill that is. It's like, oh, if you have these traits that are attractive to the opposite sex, people are more accommodating of you. Like, ooh. Well, it, people on the internet consider that a black pill. Oh, I see. That's a right. That's a very bold, bold take. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is Riker doesn't need a game. No, he, he he doesn't. And you know, he that shows here. He kind of has this awkward, non-flapping strategy, and he still gets what he wants. Uh, right. And and you know, it works in real life too because Frakes was hired for this role despite just being a terrible actor, which we right. see, which we see here. There's uh, when so Yuta ultimately acquiesces and she's like, oh, I guess I like to cook Parthus, and Frakes Parthus. <laughs> Frakes ad libs a bit and he's like, oh, Parthus a la Yuta, which was just a strange thing to say and it was pronounced strangely and mm-hmm. he says it a few times and it was always an ad lib and you can tell because no characters ever respond to that or acknowledge it, right? But right. you know, Frakes valued it as his creative contribution to the episode and. If we could have, we would have put it on the studio fridge just for everyone to see. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was not his talent that landed Frakes the role. And I think this is a good <laughs> example of that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, far be it from us to uh, to deny Frakes his uh, his, his little, little ad-libs. He loves his little ad-libs. He loves them as much as he loved doing his little mad-libs, which he did every mm. day on the set. He did do them every day. I remember. He would always, yeah. He would always. Um, he was. He was fascinated with. Um, with the word poop. He was, and it, it really made the ad libs difficult for him because he didn't know what an adjective was. So mm-hmm. you know, he would say, you know, he'd come by the catering table and he'd say, "Oh, Mitch, give me an adjective," and I'd be like, "Oh God, what's an adjective? Big," and he'd say, "No, an adjective." So I'd say, uh, 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 go. Say, uh, thank you. Thank you, Mitch. And, you know, he'd read it back to me, and it would make no sense at all. But he was very amused by it. He loved it. He was mad he about Mad it. Libs. He was. He was. Uh, it was some of the most juvenile stuff I've ever heard in my life. You know, it's, uh, you gotta find some levity, lightheartedness on the set. Lest you get crushed I, by I the, think, the pressure. I think he had enough levity. Yeah, <laughs> certainly in the later years. <laughs> That's what they call it. Anyway, is is two levity kind of cake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you think Frakes was um, better before or after he got fat? He was certainly more believable before he got fat. Believable as what? As someone who has sex. Oh, I thought you were going to say as a fat guy, because I would have vehemently disagreed. <laughs> I don't know. Fat fat freaks is kind of disturbing to me. Yeah? I, 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 if, if, if you've been watching the show for a while, you know I project myself onto freaks a lot. Indeed. So is this like a, and so, a black mirror of your future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, I look at fat freaks and I'm like, oh, no. Um, I, I know what you mean because I project myself on the Jordy and I live in constant fear of losing my sight. <laughs> and spontaneously becoming black. Yes. <laughs> losing my rights. 
Because <laughs> I'm losing my sight, losing my rights. Losing my whites. Oh, ooh, ooh, there we go. That's good, that's good. <laughs> Wish somebody would tell me I'm white. <laughs> mm. uh, so then then they go down to the surface of the gatherer's planet right which i don't they're not sure if they're there right because there's like a few different bases they have yeah it's um it's uh it's it's, it's a set from a hair metal music video of some sort that they land at yeah uh very very weird we were we were saying off mic very weird like mad max ish yeah um and and to compound this the sound guys actually licensed um an unused score from terminator Mm. um just just for the shootout scene you know when when the the gatherers show up and they start firing their little lasers right which um they make sure to note are not that strong for whatever reason (laughs) they're not that they're (laughs) um but yeah i I remember i remember this this license track was kind of a big deal because um the the caveat for using it was that that brad fidel had to approve the scene it was used in um i I guess it was written into his contract when he wrote the uh the the music for the original film um but he you know we, we sat him down and we had him watch the 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 whole scene and um he loved it he he called it a master craft and choreography and um Funny enough, they actually put that on the back of the original VHS tape release. It was the, the strongest accolades we had received to that point. Yeah, I mean Brad Fidel, no, no one, no one bigger than him, you know, right? At the time, right? I remember. I, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty in tight with Brad, to be honest. And whenever I see him, oh, I, I always call him High f- Fidelity. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, cute. Sometimes I, I, didn't, I didn't know you you were that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were that close with him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's it all stems back to this, really. That's how we how we met and uh, uh-huh. rub some elbows, grease some wheels, you know, suck some dick. But yeah, it, yeah. It, uh, it uh, you make a new friend. That's Hollywood, baby. A. Hey. So the sh- uh... the shootout that happens, um, very very low octane, <laughs> and with without a word, everybody on the enterprise crew is privy to this uh little bit yeah. of subterfuge that they pull yeah. off <laughs> and we have a wonderful moment of the communicators once again knowing exactly when and when not to pick up people's voices <laughs> in that yeah what the hell they the plan is to shoot a bit of metal so it vaporizes and creates a lot of I guess it'd be vapor and not smoke. Yeah, I almost yeah, said smoke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Riker shouts, "Oh, Enterprise, beam us up!" But they don't, and they use the vapor as a as a dive. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? A diversion to yeah, get, diversion. Yeah, yeah. So get one diversion up on slash them. cover. Right. Worf has a um, great line here. Your uh, ambush would be more effective if you bathed. And. Uh, <laughs> That's, I don't know, I imagine that's how Klingons talk to each other. It's funny because they're stinky. <laughs> they might very well be I, stinky. I, we had a good a good uh, thank you data bit uh, right right before Riker shot the metal. Yes. Now what was this? Was this um the, hey, the melting point of the... 
Something like that, yeah. Raker asked him about, yeah, the melting point or something of neranium. No way that um, no way you remember the thing, the the name of that material. I sw- I think it's neranium. We can look it up if you want. I believe you. It's just I'm amazed. <laughs> I only remember the most useless shit. I can't remember the names of the aliens ever, but I do remember the names of the metal. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I majored in Star Trek metal. <laughs> Trek metal. Uh, space metals. <laughs> still need space metals. Uh, unobtainium. <laughs> Precious tritium. <laughs> Gold-pressed latinum, baby. There we go. Yeah, that's that's going to make me a lot of money one day after they cryo-freeze me to the future. Looking for uh, four bars of gold-pressed latinum. It's funny how how actually like funny those little data quips are when they're not the entire focus of the scene. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. Which I guess I guess I don't know if we ever articulated that back in season 1, but I guess that's it. Just they can't be the point of the scene. They have and to... if they're not, then they're funny. Yeah it's it's so embarrassing how uh central they were to the scenes in season one <laughs> he'd go on for like a full minute right and then someone would say thank you data and then he'd keep going like the captain yeah. is it not this and it's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> remember the scene where he, he he went to go lean on someone or something and he just fell on the ground yes <laughs> That was just peak terrible track. <laughs> Data's awkward teenage years. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would like them if they had took, if we had taken TNG in the direction of a silent comedy. You know, silent physical comedy. <laughs> Data with I'm a little... Sure Brent would have liked Data with too. a Charlie Chaplin cane and a Hitler mustache. Yep. Yep, yep, that's exactly how I imagined it, too. <laughs> so what happens? They get the drop on these guys, and wouldn't you know it, they're just here to talk. So all that violence is diffused instantly. and uh... <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get our first look at Brawl, which is... Uh, <laughs> One look too many. Very, very close to the word bull. Um... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Joey Oresco, the guy who plays uh, Brawl, um, actually a really nice guy. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll never forget this. The first day he, you know, came on set for filming, um, Frakes, Frakes came up to him. You remember this? Yes. Uh, he looks him straight in the eye and he, does, he doesn't break eye contact once. Like he doesn't even blink. And he, he started doing what would later be described as uh, some kind of a mix between a haka dance and a crab walk. And this went on for uh, too long, uh, several minutes at least. And, um, and then, then, you know, he just, he just walked away. Um, and their, their relationship has been strained ever since. I don't know if people at home know the haka dance, but it's, it's a loud, aggressive endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I maybe Frakes felt threatened. That is how he usually responded to threats. Right. 
he he would kind of he would kind of get big and throw his arms up in the air and start make, leaning to the left and the right make himself look bigger than he is just to ward mm-hmm. ward you off and you know that uh that's that's part of the reason he became two cakes freaks to increase his size right yeah <laughs> yeah just <laughs> to, to deflect aggressors yeah at that point in in his life any criticism aggress aggression just tended to bounce right off of him similar to any like change that you dropped on his belly <laughs> that was a, a frequent pastime uh in between takes well he would always... have him get on the table on his back yeah and you know you'd, you'd drop it and there'd be take bets on where it how far it landed yeah 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 we we, we would try because you know you'd have to put a little bit of force into it of course but um, you know, sometimes we'd, we'd kind of play like beer pong with it too. Right. And, uh, I've drank plenty of beers that have involved some amount of Frakes' belly bacteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frakes really did mellow out in the end. Yeah, he finally became cool. Yeah. But not until season six or seven. Right, your favorite. Maybe that's your favorite. Maybe that's why that's your favorite season. Good memories. Good Frakes memories. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, Brawl is just comically rude. Comically rude, and I think the worst performance of the episode. Really? You you hate him that much? I, I think he's better than Maruk, but I, I'm not going to defend him. They're both bad. That's certainly true. But um, the thing is, Brawl has more quieter scenes where the awkwardness of his performance comes out more. For instance, mm-hmm. later on, he's talking to Wesley Crusher, and he sits down, and he just says very in a very stilted manner, "You don't like me," and uh, it's it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah, terrible. Yeah, I yeah, like like we said at the the front of this episode. There, I feel like there was something off with the direction here, because every guest actor is terrible. Mm. I mean. Yuta's okay, but she's supposed to be an emotionalist automaton, so it's not really... You can't really compare them. But everybody else is just very out... Really bad. Out of their element. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I mean, even the performances from our usual actors are a little weird. Yeah, I I pick on Freaks a lot, but I didn't like his performance here very much. Yeah. No, it was it was weird, and th- that might just be because th- there was no like chemistry. Like most of the episode is him talking to Utah, and right. there was no chemistry there at all. So it was kind of I don't know. Maybe that's why it didn't work. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, bro, like just, I I guess the gatherers as a whole, they're just so, like, they're like flanderized versions of themselves already. Hmm. And uh, I I don't believe I can't suspend my disbelief enough to believe that these people exist in this in this world, like they're they're too over the top. I agree. They uh, they're just very one note too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's one note and it's pronounced extremely strongly. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's like, well, and so this guy died. Really let's see... just take all his possessions because that's what right. we do. Right, you you never there's there's nothing deeper than that about them, which is incredibly boring. When when 
the majority of the episode is sitting around talking to them. Right. And how are we supposed to sympathize with it at all when they're doing these negotiations and um, Maruk is is going on about how savage they are and and they are they are savage. <laughs> right. There's absolutely no decorum there. Um. So I I don't know. It's it's a very strange way to present it. So unsympathetic. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that's what these guys should be, right? They're they're ousted from their world due to these wars. They're committing crimes to get by. They uh, they yeah yeah definitely. They live by their own code of ethics because that's all they got, and um, they're finally offered a chance at at reconstruction. Even if they're they're not quite compatible, they want to make it work. But it's like no, nah, they're right. just they're all just basically villains. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. This could have been um, a larger kind of moral examination of of these characters and and this kind of situation as a whole. Because this this obviously that is what happens when people get driven out of their homeland. They turn to crime. Uh, that's that's not uncommon. Um, and so it's like you know how do we how do we judge them for their the the crimes they've committed up to this point when really it was something that uh, could have been solved by kind of reaching out and you know creating some kind of uh, mutual contract or something mm. but <clears throat> but no it just sucks um, Utah kills that that old guy um, that old guy is one of many to just have very awkward face makeup yeah yeah what 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 is up why do they have like acne on their faces i think it's just the gatherers so it's got to be like some disease of not living in a proper uh civilization but i don't really get what makes the acamarians acamarian instead of just normal humans mm-hmm because well, they have blue stuff on their face it's just makeup i assume it's just makeup well, maybe it's think? genetic blue stuff. I don't know, but this is. I think it's genetic. <laughs> this is the blue stuff. This is the closest that aliens have been to just humans since those Africans. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, this this is even closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um. <laughs> so. Um... Maru comes down to the planet, <laughs> and they they do negotiations, ostensibly, um, but, but not not before the, the the gatherers throw themselves all over over each other and splash beer on their faces and giggle. Very very heterosexual playing, um, and then uh, Barul roasts Maruk. It's right to her face. She's like, oh. Is we have these wars been over a hundred years? It's like, oh, you were there, you old bitch. And uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, bro, we'll get her. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Oh, I wanna I wanna mention before I forget this this episode had a few a few um few different titles originally, right? Yeah, one like of there there was gonna be there, like oh. of course there's gonna be who gathers the gatherers. Right, right. We are always trying to make that work at the time um another one uh commander Riker sticks his dick in crazy which was more That's of a right. working title I'm not sure how seriously it was considered but it was more descript than uh most of what we got 
<laughs> it, it it actually dealt with the meat of this episode. I was worried that Commander Riker was well. He doesn't get it in, but he almost does. Right. It's it's not not for lack of trying. Uh, she she was about to give it up. Right. So I would say that's a win for him. I was worried he would not get her into his room. He would be spurned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be quite the blow to your ego. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm always projecting. Right. So, um, a loss for Riker is a loss for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they, they beam everyone back onto the Enterprise, right? <laughs> uh, and this, this is this is where Utah finally makes her Parthas a la Utah. Right. Right. In, in ten forward. In ten forward, and she she brings this play. I don't think this needs to be said. But no, no one on the crew actually thought this tasted very good, um, d- despite how it was presented in the episode. No, no. Um, she 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 brings this this plate of uh, ambiguous green and red vegetables. Yeah, or something. I I think in actuality, what it was was just you know lettuce and cherry tomatoes sprayed with you know something to give it more of a sheen on camera. But it mm. really just left it with a bit of a funk. And, uh, it was it was very weird looking. Yes. Um, yes. and and we, we we of course have to talk about the uh, the meaningful look exchanged between uh, Riker and Troy here. I don't know what is going on. If this is a type of you know cucklean relationship they got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> So I this is this is one of the things that drives me up the wall about Trek or this this show in particular is that one one episode it's it's only for like the convenience of plot one episode they'll be together or something and the next episode they're like oh we're just friends and and not only will they not will they be not together but they'll be so comfortable not being together that they just you know celebrate each other's fucking of other people yeah yeah Riker like takes takes the the guy's dick and inserts it into into Troy himself. <laughs> it's fucking. That's the, it's, it's, it's the, so bizarre. It's the first bad move I've seen you make, Ral. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the condom on myself. <laughs> oh man, uh, that was funnier because you couldn't get it out without laughing. Uh, that was. He puts it on with his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Just sits there, like, counting the rhythm as it pounds into her. Yeah, we need to rewrite that episode as as a cuck episode. (laughs) But it's a a unique genre. It's the enthusiastic cuck. It's not like the... uh... The, the devastation, <laughs> right, right, humiliation, right. cuck. It's the uh, <laughs> it's the full supportive. He like he like joins in licking the guy's asshole kind of thing. <laughs> That's the um. It's the uh. I'm not gonna get too crass in the readier room, but that's the uh. You know, eating out the cream pie, as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, Freaks did a lot of eating cream pies. <laughs> that he did. That he did. In um, my beloved season seven. Yeah, all, yeah, that's right. It was all about the Freaks cream pie. 
That's what, that's what we called it. It was in the vein of the Drake's coffee cake. Drake's cream pie. <laughs> the Drake's cream pie. Oh boy. I um I kind of I mean I bad acting aside, I like the idea of that little scene with Wesley and Brule. Yeah, I mean <coughs> that was the attempt at giving these guys more uh dimensions than just you Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, ruffing. yeah. I guess I guess that's why I I said I I liked it in my notes, um, and I guess we've already gone over this. It didn't work. No, but I I appreciate the sentiment. I think with a better performance and a slightly better script, it would have worked. But yeah, it, I, I think so too. Just came off as awkward. Math is dumb. <laughs> Brutal hate math. I have two boys. They can't do math. You don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> he really does talk like a complete simpleton <laughs> I mean that's the, I don't know why they chose to write the script that way uh, that's weird presumably I mean if, if yeah even even if you're you're you know out pillaging people and you have no real home or you know well-crafted society if you're the leader of somewhere I'd imagine you're probably pretty smart I mean this is still a race that is spacefaring they have Right, colonies on other planets, given by the fact that they have to go to a spaceship to commune with the, uh, what's his face, the the fat leader, you know. Sure, they, they should have communicate communicative ability beyond just yeah, definitely caveman speak. Yeah, screaming and stating basic facts about yourself. Right, <laughs> I, there was another one. You know, he walks into the bridge and he sees Wesley. And he's like, "This does not inspire my confidence." And uh, oh yeah, oh that was really bad. Which is that's that's not even like the line that was bad. You you know you could that's something people would say. Yeah yeah sure. But the 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 delivery was terrible. Yeah, this does not inspire my confidence. <laughs> I think even that had too much uh too too much um emo emotion behind it. <laughs> this is just flat and loud. <laughs> Yeah, um, how did you feel about about the bit where he walks up to the bar at ten forward and just takes the guy's drink? I really liked the physical acting by the bartender. <laughs> yeah, he just shrugs. <laughs> he shrugs. He kind of like gestures at that guy with like a, uh, and then he's like, "Oh, he points to the thing. I'll get you another one." You know, it it was a whole story <laughs> told in five gestures. That was good, and I appreciated it too. I want to point out while we're on the subject, I guess the the ten forward cups that uh, premiered in this episode. Yes. Yeah. So the astute viewer will have noticed they're different. You know, now we have the 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 convex glass blown bottoms on the cups, and uh, they also had those mm -hmm. like vectoral ridged lip buffers. We were talking about this, you know, on the crew for months, weeks before we got them, and months afterwards. It was just. An insane way to increase the the future vibe that the show had in a, a very yeah. barely noticeable economic way. But it's one of those things that, you know, the viewer probably is not going to be like, oh my god, look at the cuffs. But they're subconscious inside. They definitely notice like, oh, this is the future. It's futuristic. It's, uh, mm -hmm. this is one of those things that I'm most proud of, I think. And it really made Trek what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone got a promotion for that. Yeah, I think I took a few of those home myself, actually. Yeah, we still have them in the cupboard. 
Yeah. Yeah, whenever we have guests, we bring out the cups like, whoa, is it is it the year 3000? And I'm like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really, really transports you to the future. Right. Perhaps too much. The, you know, Star Trek's only in the year 2400, but um, this, maybe somebody out there said, wait, those are those cups are circa the year 3000. This doesn't work. Right, right. Yeah, I we were never really great at historical accuracy. Right future historical accuracy at that yeah right 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 so but you know no one's gonna know for the next several thousand years yeah and at that point you know we'll pay the piper we'll be fine yeah so we're getting to the meat of the episode here finally um which of course is uh um the utah walking into riker's room and us being treated to this five-minute-long scene of close-ups, her of th- them throwing yourself like at each other, yeah, in a very non-non-emotional uh, way. Well, she she offers, she she's she's gonna she's gonna give it up for him. Um, if I recall- we find out later that I guess it's a it's a good thing they didn't start that because the alarm just immediately goes off. But would have been but, awkward uh, to be sure. Yeah. Now I think there's a line that says Baruch sent her. To, to go to Riker? Yeah, 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 that's right. Which raises several questions. <laughs> was the okay. was the idea that they were going to curry favor with the Federation by having um, Utah sleep with Riker? Because Maruk says, go to Riker. Utah says, okay, I'm here to, to be your sexual servant. Right, she's not doing this for her own benefit or for any emotion, so it's very much implied that she's under direction to go have sex with Riker. Maybe, maybe, but I, I, I took it as like, I took it as, like it was half her own volition that she did this. It's possible. I don't know. It's so. Maybe is it is it just like clumsily written here? I don't know. Or I'm, am I stupid? I mean, yes, but maybe. <laughs> let's 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 parse this for a minute. So let's, she comes let's in. Parse this. This. Let's parse. <laughs> go to the, go to that scene in the script. See what. Uh, okay. See what she says. Oh, uh, what's what's the word I can look for here? This is the scene where um, Riker says he's going to eat pussy a la Utah. <laughs> equals. I'll search equals. While you're finding that, let me just throw in, now that you mentioned it, that insisting that he wants his lovers to be his equal was one of the hardest line reads that Frakes ever had to do. Mm-hmm. Just could mm-hmm. not get that out without just looking like he's in fury. Yeah, he was more very morally opposed to that line. Um, very morally opposed to the scene, even. Um, but he, he got over it eventually. Yeah. Uh Okay. No, this isn't it either. Welcome to the readier room. What the hell? <laughs> Look for um red alert here, here it is. and scroll up. Here it is. Okay. I got it. Uh, this is actually a shorter scene in terms of dialogue than I thought it was. Yuta uh, comes in. I'm disturbing you, Riker. Not at all. Utah, as the Sovereign has no further need for my services this evening, she suggested I might spend some time with you. 
Okay. What a charming suggestion. She appreciates the affection you've shown me. Was I that obvious? Yes. Um, and and then and then uh, here's a great line. Well, I've already dined. Maybe you know a good Akamarian dessert recipe. And then he kisses her. Um, do you want me to read this entire scene? I mean, yes, but I don't think that's the best way to spend our time on the show. You can read it to me after as part of our uh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> we'll roleplay it. Um, so, yeah. It's, 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 it's Riker who has, like, who, like, kind of spurs out about this. Because mm. he kisses her, and she says, does that not please you? Tell me what you want, William. I will do anything you wish. And he's like, wait a minute. Equals. I said equals. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like. Well, you know, um, no, he's he's concerned that that she's not really doing this of her own volition. But I mean, who cares? <laughs> well, I mean, Riker right? cares. He wants his his mates to be equals. It's I don't know. It's just something about I don't know. I mean, if that's the case, it's such a fine line here. It would have been a red flag when she's like, yeah. My boss told me to show up. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm here to fuck. She says, "I do not feel pleasure or passion. I haven't been able to for a long time." And meanwhile, I think three or four times she tries to separate herself from Riker, and he keeps grabbing her. <laughs> Which I don't know. My personal opinion: you can do that once in a scene, and it's impactful. And then it starts it's to get rapey. Or, where no, it's not rapey. It's just after every line when she's trying to get away and he pulls her back. It's just not. It's just like why, 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 why do we keep doing this? It's not at all impactful. Is that in the script? No. Okay. No, that uh, <laughs> that was that was not in the script. So the scene could have gone a lot differently. Maybe she just really wanted to get away from freaks. No, listen. Yeah, maybe. Um. Here, here's how. Here's how this scene ends. I don't know, Riker says, I don't know who did this to you or why, but it can change. And Yuta says, I wish it could, tonight most of all. Huh? Is this, is this a, I'm gonna fix her with my penis moment? So, well, but, <laughs> but that's the thing, it's like, she, it's, she's definitely doing it, like, of her own volition, then. If she wants it to, quote, change. I guess. So just do it. Just do it. Who cares? I don't know. Well, they did get um, interrupted. But, yeah. Yeah, the, the red alert goes up. Here's the question. What would you do? Hello, I'm John Quinones. This is what would you do? Uh, who am I in this situation? Uh, you're Frakes, and okay. unless you want to be Utah. I'm, I'm good. Um, I would rather be the Frakes than, than you know, have the Frakes inside me. Be the Fraker rather than the Freaky. So... You're in bed, you're going at it, you're like, you're in the throes of passion. The red alert goes off. What mm -hmm. do you do? Um, I think I would, I'd have the, uh, the, the presence of mind to finish before heading out. Um, <laughs> because I know I'm not going to be any good otherwise. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're going to have blue balls, uh, you'll be distracted. Now um, imagine this. Um, the spoiler for the end of this episode: Frakes has to shoot Utah. If he's still like, you know, blue balled and desperately looking yes. to come, does he have the willpower to take the shot? Right, right. Because I don't, I don't think I would. I'd be like, yeah, I got it. I, I got to at least finish in you once. 
Exactly. And, and I might add, this was a very low um, urgency red alert. They go to the bridge and Picard's just kind of standing there. The ship <laughs> jostles a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he would have been missed. No, not at all. Now, so I'm like desperate for a scene where Riker and whatever woman of the of the episode walks onto the bridge and their hair is like disheveled, their outfit isn't really done right. <laughs> we we certainly needed more more sex jokes. Yes. I think we had zero. Yes. I I, I mean even a situation like this where it's like it's red alert, it's like where's Riker? And you know, computer. Where was Commander Riker? And it's like, oh, he's he, Mr. Riker is in his quarters with you know whatever girl, right? And Worf like kind of gives a knowing look to Data or Wesley or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just lean into that a little bit. Give us something, some fucking humanity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so their, their time is cut short, um, and then, then the other, uh, meat of the episode starts, unfortunately, which is these stupid deliberations on this gatherer ship. I think when this begins, there's still like 20 or 15 minutes left in the episode. Yeah. I recall it just taking so long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's really not much to say about it. It sucked. We already kind of talked about it. Yeah, I mean, there's that thing of the same skit playing out several times where uh, uh, Maruk starts shouting. Picard asks a very obvious question. The same question. <laughs> and uh, she's like, ah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> How insightful. Very oh, persuasive yeah. captain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the the crew of the Enterprise finally figures out that Utah is immortal because they found her uh, wearing a, a red hood or something fifty years ago. I really enjoy the computer's ability to um, what's the word I'm looking for to extrapolate photographs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. What did it say? Well, data says very plainly, oh, the computer can isolate that image and uh, extrapolate the rest of the face. Because she's oh, like, yeah, like standing like a, behind like, like somebody. A prime drama. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it got rid of the person in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, ha- it had. It's, it's like a prank. <laughs> It had like the left eye, and that's it. Not even the hair right. or the forehead, and uh, it extrapolated the rest of the face exactly to look like Utah. Which, yeah, it's it's kind of as if somebody's framing her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if it was a mistake. Riker just shows up on the bridge and shoots her for no reason. I mean, they all just believed him at his word, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. That might have um, been revenge for not having sex with him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, funny, funny enough. Um, her, uh, her actress, uh, da, da, da Lisa, Lisa Wilcox. She was in 
um, what Nightmare, or was it Friday the Thirteenth? She was in one of those stupid sequels. I always get them mixed up. Friday the Fourteenth. Um, maybe Friday Friday the Fifteenth. Ocean's Eleven. Saturday the Fifteenth. Ocean's the Fifteenth. <laughs> I think she was uh, in in the the new female version of Friday the Thirteenth. Ah uh, yes yes. Where uh, there's a female killer. Right. How brave. Right. Still called Jason. <laughs> She's trans. <laughs> trans man. <laughs> it's like a five foot two Jason. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a graft of skin is missing from his arm. He's got a binder, like a decrepit binder because he's, you know, dead or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that's going on my list of scripts to treatments to write. Trans Friday the thirteenth. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa, Lisa wasn't really uh, big on Frakes. If you remember? No, no, not at all. He kind of freaked her out, I think. Um, or I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't her type. Um, she she did have like a pretty good seemed like a pretty good friendship with um, Lavar and Michael for some reason. I don't know why. And I'm not really sure why. Yeah. yeah, I I remember one day I was talking to her, you know, just kind of shooting the shit uh, around breakfast time. And she was saying how the, the day before she had done a spit roast with them. Um, and I, I think we, we've done a, a few spit roasts in our time. And it, it takes a long time to get that pig, like, perfect, you know, like hours. Yeah. Dozens of hours, even. It's it's always the central point of the, of the luau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, we don't really get to do anymore because someone always complains about, you know, the, the cultural appropriation. Right, um, right, right. Unfortunately, you know, uh, we, uh, we have all of those torches in the shed that we, we bought in advance. Right. For I, our, uh, future, future annual luau's. I remember they, they came back in vogue for like a week. Um, yeah. Yeah, you remember that, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. We couldn't really capitalize on it. No. No. In fact, I think it might be even worse now. <laughs> A white supremacist luau party. <laughs> That's the name of our other podcast. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I like that other podcast that we do. <laughs> Um, at at some point, this is I don't know when he says this, so I this is removed from context. But it's such a line that I need to point it out. Frakes says to um, Utah, "You're an excellent chef, but you speak in riddles." <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, maybe that line just is self evident why it's ridiculous, but it's it's just a non sequitur. Like the the first it's, and second it, half of that sentence do not connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a non sequitur. It is also false. Um, and I don't I don't even mean literally. But nothing nothing that Utah says could be misconstrued as vague at all. She's very matter of fact. Right. Uh, apparently, to Riker, it's a riddle when you don't want to drop your panties immediately. I take my job very seriously. I'm not here to fuck you. Speaking in <laughs> riddles. 
<laughs> what could she mean by this? What does she want me to do? It's a very strange way to say yes. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Riker, That's I don't perfect. consent. There you go again with your riddles. <laughs> that would have... Uh... God, just make the episode all that. Riker Riker tries to chase down this this chick who just doesn't want to have sex with him. Anything else like happen? That, 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 that should be a bottle episode. Yeah, just Riker. Like that's the A plot, and, and he's like running around the ship and like getting everyone involved in his, his quest to have sex with this woman who doesn't like him. I like it. <laughs> God, that would be perfect. It's like Data's Day, you know. If the, what a, yes, I suppose it is like Data's Day, where Data really was chasing around that little boy to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't mean Data's Day. Uh, the other, the other Data episode where, uh, oh, where he had a girlfriend. Yeah. That actually, yeah, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that was Data's Day. I think I was wrong. That is Data's Day, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Good call. Good call. Um. <laughs> okay. Did yeah. Did anything else happen? Not really. There's uh, great physical acting at the end of the episode, where um, Frakes is you know he's shooting. Yes. He's stunning. Uh, what's her face? Utah. As she's going to kill that guy, yeah. she keeps like hitting her with the stun phaser. But when she goes in for the final lunge, she does this like uh-huh. comical wind up. To, to get in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it just vanishes like into nothing. Tunes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, dude, I don't, I don't know if this was just me, but I felt like the, the phaser was conveniently clumsy here. Haven't they stunned people and knocked them unconscious before? Yeah. I, I don't know why you couldn't just have done an intense stun more than once. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, goes, he goes from, like, light shock to killing her immediately don't do this so that was stupid uh because he's obviously torn up about it afterward right so again just really convenient um yeah and and that's pretty much it we we go back to the enterprise um and there's there's some more nice little background acting there too where that guy comes up to picard with the the data pad Riker sitting at the bar. Yes, yes. I like I like little things like that. Yeah, they're, they're cool. kind of rare. They are. It's because it takes effort. <laughs> and um, Picard walks up to Riker and says they're gonna dock at Starbase three four three, which is a little known reference to uh, the this the the Halo series, which we're all big fans of. Was actually a book. It was actually a book. Um, before it was the multimedia giant it is today. Right. But we're um, all big fans of sci-fi. Yeah. SF, if yeah. you will. SF, indeed. The hell else happened? That's it. That's it. Yeah, Picard's, Picard, Picard's like, you should you should take a, a leave, shore leave. And Riker says, hell and no. Riker pouts. He's like, oh, I'll tell the crew. <laughs> Cut the credits. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, um, I feel like I've lost brain cells talking about this episode. Yeah, it's not a good episode. I don't like it. It's better this, than this was excruciating. It's better than like the bad season one and two fair, but it's still not good. Yeah, especially coming off the high that the first handful of season three episodes gave us. Yeah, this was uh, very much unwelcome. This was a run of two bad episodes. This and uh, oh yeah, negotiation one. I forgot about that. So not and now you made me remember. This does not inspire my confidence. <laughs> How many saucer steps out of five would you give this episode? Oh god, this is like a this is one and a half saucer steps, maybe two. Mm. Mm. How about you? Yeah, I'd probably give it two. I liked Utah. <laughs> I know you did. She was cute. Yeah. Stupid... One, of the, one of the more attractive women. Her stupid hairstyle notwithstanding. No, I didn't, I didn't mind her hairstyle. What was wrong with her hairstyle? You look dumb. Whatever. Whatever. Wow, how descriptive. It was dumb. <laughs> look, we, we got our Valentine's Day plans to get to. I don't have time to go why into Yuta's hairstyle. Why didn't you like it? It was bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> bad, okay? <laughs> I guess I guess it is. Like, it's a little bit silly, but I I like it. Yeah, the the the, the sides, it's the sides of it, how they're like put up. They, they kind of kind of poof out. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes sometimes it looks okay. Sometimes it looks like disheveled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not always set correctly. I'll say that. Yeah, I guess I guess that's I can agree with that. Uh, all right, so here's my question for you. Okay. Um, the date this episode aired. Um, in a relative sense, is very special. Okay. Um, why is that? Well, it's a relative sense. So, is it like Jean's mother's birthday? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Not quite. A little more general than that. Okay. Um, nothing to do with the caster crew. I was going to say, ask if this aired on my birthday, but I guess that's not it. Uh, <laughs> the date this episode aired, was it Martin Luther King Day? No. Harbor Day? No, it, no, no. It, uh, it wasn't a holiday. It wasn't a holiday per se. But but re- re- this this episode relative to the dates that the other episodes aired. Oh, did this air on a Wednesday? <laughs> what would be special about that? Well, the other episodes aired on like Tuesday. Oh, I guess that's a good guess. No, this um this was the last episode of the nineteen eighties. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, which. I wouldn't really even think about because it, it aired in November, but I guess it was the end of November, so you have the whole yeah. And a lot um, of times our seasons are kind of broken up in that yeah. sense. But imagine being left with this, you know, as an audience. <laughs> Do you even remember? come back at that point? Right, right. What is the next episode? Eh, don't spoil it. I, I never look at the title nor the description of an episode when I watch it for our purposes. I always just uh. That's up. probably a good idea. It, it certainly cuts down on the dread that some weeks would have. Yeah. I hate when Netflix basically spoils the plot to yeah. an episode. 
I found that, at least with Deep Space Nine, a lot of the descriptions are very, very vague. Like, um, yeah, it would be if for TNG, it would be something like, um, oh, the the crew warps to a space station where, um, two people are injured. It's like, yeah, that technically happens, but it's nothing has nothing to do with the the overarching plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's like that's what's interesting about Trek is seeing where the episode goes because it always ends up, you know, a, a different place than it started. And it's like I don't I don't want to read these synopses, right? Even like by accident, you know. Sometimes you just read them by accident. Yeah, that's that's how I felt about Mind oh. Kampf. <laughs> you read the whole thing by accident. Yeah, that's a shame. I thought it was like a, a spec script, you know, for uh, production. <laughs> um, and and. It would go on to to influence your political beliefs for the rest of your life. Exactly, exactly. Now I only read it like a few weeks ago, but but certainly from <laughs> here on out, it's it's all. <laughs> it's, what, it's what we call a happy accident. Yes, a accident. Um, we we have Deja Q coming up in a few episodes. I'm excited. I like Q. I like you like Q. I like Q, and I like you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. That's going to be it. We're going to wish not just ourselves, but everybody out there a happy V-Day. Hope anybody out there still holds their V-Card so they can get special discounts on V-Day at participating retailers. Um, Speaking of participating retailers, the Radio Room is sponsored by Denny's, home of the Grand Slam, and Moons Over Miami, and also Pep Boys, home of the 3-Minute Oil Change. Um, go there. Not only can you name drop us for a little bit of a discount, but again, if you bring your V card, they will also give you 5% off whatever your purchase is. Um, we'll see you next week on a much less festive day, but uh, a readier day all the same. So until then, everybody, please stay ready. The troublesome little man child. I stand before you defrocked. To be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. Do you consider yourself superior to us? Should have told him to mind his own damn business. But I stroked the beard thusly. Do I not appear more intellectual? Have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle? Bottle.